Hi everyone, in what follows I'm going to be reviewing the module The Tomb of Black Sand for 5th edition, written by Jacob Hurst and Donny Garcia. If you suspect you might be playing in this module anytime soon, do consult your GM because what follows will contain spoilers. You have been warned. Oh, another little caveat to avoid confusion. So I've been talking a great deal recently about Advanced Fighting Fantasy, the second uh, book in the original uh, and only, in my view, Advanced Fighting Fantasy books is called Black Sand. It details uh, the location of Port Black Sand from the fighting fantasy world and explains how to roll up um, fantasy towns. This is not to be confused with Tomb of Black Sand, there's no relation between the two, uh, that's entirely coincidental. Come in, my child, out of the cold, and listen how the story's told. From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance. Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll roll in that deep time. Right, I'm going to get straight to it. So... I'm just going to take you through today a module, uh, as I said, it's The Tomb of Black Sand by Jacob Hurst and Donny Garcia, layout also by Jacob Hurst, illustrated by Gabriel Hernandez, edited by Fiona Geist. Uh, it's got maps in it by, by Carl Stjernberg. Uh, there's beautiful cover art uh, of a lich looming over uh, a female form uh, by... Uh, Daniel Horn, and it's produced by Swordfish Islands. And I coveted this module for a long time preceding its release because uh, Jacob Hurst showed some layouts and art and bits of text on Twitter, and I absolutely fell in love with it. The reason why I'm talking about it is because Free Thrall called into Purple Worm quite recently and said, what do we think about... OSRing 5th edition. Um, none of us on Purple Worm really knew much about that, certainly in a mechanical sense, but I remembered that this was a module which was for 5th edition. It says an adventure for levels 4 to 5. It's not produced through um, DM's Guild, by the way, so it just refers to 5th edition. Um, but, its, but its selling point is that it is uh, an old-school style module. And I think it is an absolute masterpiece of design. Uh, I'm not likely to play it as written. I'm not likely to run this in 5th edition. Uh, but there are so many things about it that I absolutely love that I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So I've got the PDF version. I got it as soon as it was released. I think there was a Kickstarter to back it. I didn't back that. I wasn't aware of it um, at that point. Um, it basically is a, a, a one-map location, the tomb. Uh, you get a full-sized map in the inside covers. You get them in the front and in the back. There are 21 numbered rooms here. By the way, the uh, PDF that I've got is beautifully hyperlinked, so 
you can click on the numbers on the map and it will take you to the, uh, the, the part of the PDF where that location is described. Um, Stjernberg's map style is very clean and familiar. I've seen it somewhere before. I'm not sure where, um, but it's you know just beautiful uh, black and white cartography. Uh, we're given what one of the things I like about the style of this module is that it is sparse. It is not full of text. Uh, it looks beautiful. It's sort of all in uh, Corea font, zine style, two columns, black and white pages, um, and you you are not bombarded with text. Uh, so we we're told need a hook, and we're offered six hooks that would get your characters. Uh, heading towards the tomb. Uh, for example, I'll just read one. A bad deal. An ancient iron mine brimming with ore was uncovered by loggers in Brighton. The Martell Company, seeking to acquire it, sent an envoy directed by Sir Reginald Blot to assess the mine and make an offer. Blot and his crew arrived before vanishing from the Red Squirrel the night before Dario Stone was to lead their expedition. Martell suspects foul play. Dario is convinced this is a Martell setup to seize the town. That's what you get, that paragraph. And there are six of those hooks, um, each a paragraph filling uh, one page of the module. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit from uh, page two, the sort of introductory preamble, because I don't think there's a problem with me sharing this, because this is pretty much the description of the game that you can find on Drive Through RPG. So we're told that the Tomb of Black Sand is an adventure created for use with contemporary tabletop role-playing games. It is uh, compatible with 5th edition, the stats and so on are for 5th edition. But it says, yet deeply rooted in old-school RPG design sensibilities. It was created for and playtested using parties of three to six level four characters, and we are told that there were some total party kills because failures easily cascade. And then we're told that the tomb is the lich's lair, and the lich is CR21 and is always present. But there is no need or expectation that the PCs kill him. And in fact, we're told if the level four party goes up against him expecting balanced combat, it will almost certainly end in their oblivion. It's possible, but his death is in no way the intent of this adventure. So you are given a location. It's chock full of mysterious things. It is there for the players, sorry, for the characters to go into and interact with. Um, but it's all about exploration, discovery, creativity, not necessarily about cleaning the place out and taking the stuff and it looks like it's been extensively play tested there are lots of lists of play testers in there now when i saw uh, when jacob hurst was sharing those early layouts on twitter i absolutely fell in love as i've mentioned with the uh, just the very simple uh, text layout but also with the beautiful art Gabriel Hernandez's art is just you know there's lots of full page art here it's all black and white you've got a color cover inside it's all black and white um, and the art is really beautiful we were talking on Purple Worm comparing things to the uh, the fighting fantasy game book art um, this is at least uh, as good as that um, you know really evocative uh, images. So the first one I'm looking at here is a full page image, probably of the Lich um, and uh, some kind of undead minions, uh, a bit of 
dungeon chamber design behind him. It really is chock full of detail uh, and really compelling. Again, keeping things sparse, we're given an overview, it's just a couple of paragraphs, and then a list of plugs and sockets. So the idea is that the Tomb of Black Sand can be plugged into your high fantasy, mid to high fantasy campaign world. Um, so we're told of some uh, sockets that are needed to plug the campaign in. So you need a forest, you need a glut of corpses, um, some kind of maybe a major battlefield or plague lands or something like that. You need a town and you need relative isolation because there's a blight uh, that spreads uh, from from outside the tomb without causing uh, immediately causing an alarm. Uh, you're also given guidance on how to start your players off cold if you want to. Moving into, right, so we get a map of the area around Brighton. It is a hex map. It is very familiar to me. Looking at this, I thought immediately of the Black Hack. I've checked it. Yes, Carl Sternberg is responsible for the um, cartography in the Black Hack as well. So, you know, that's connecting with uh, some of my favourite OSR aesthetics right there. Uh, so you get that, that uh, hex map in that familiar style um, this is a map of Brighton and its environs it's a remote logging town uh, we're given a list of common family names common male names common female names great tool for the GM there we're given a list of notable people and places and interesting threads and hooks are, are woven into those descriptions um, there's a good use of bold text to pick out uh, the key aspects of any description and they are not overly wordy. Then you get a one page uh, section called a love story which really serves as your history of the location but if you're expecting uh, a traditional module with pages and pages and pages of history no it is just one side two columns of Correa font um, it is, a, it is a quirky history, as I say, there is this love story which runs through the history of the location. I'm not going to spoil that. Um, but that's it in terms of preamble. Then we get straight into the map. The map has got numbered locations and then we get this description which accompanies it. Again, um, it's got bold text indicating sort of tags, if you like. In fact, you could probably use those in a different game system like Fate. They would be very useful aspect tags. It is cold enough throughout the tomb to see your breath. The stonework is exceptionally precise. The stones are pale and smooth as each stone is covered by a thin veneer of bone. And on it goes. I have to stop myself from reading further, but you get the sense of the really sparse um, description. Not a word wasted. Only what you need and no more. We move into a key to the rooms again. Wonderfully hyperlinked to the 21 locations. There is a deeper centile list of sights and sounds which works very much like the signs of nearby life and signs of faraway life in the black hack. Uh, you can roll on that random table just whenever um, things are lulling in the exploration and give the characters either a bit of a, a clue or a prompt of somewhere to go or mixed in with that is an encounter table. So there are some random encounters mixed in there as well. You then get three pages, I'm saying pages, pretty much a, an A5 format book. Uh, you get three pages of 
setting specific rules. There's a little bit of information about the ritual that is going on in the tomb and the various um, dependent events that the characters might get tangled up in. Um, there's some rules on suffocating uh, because of the cloying sand that infests the tomb. And then we move into the location descriptions, just passing over a wonderful picture of four skeleton warriors approaching you. Um, just fantastic art. Can't say enough about that. And then, yeah, sections of the map. This has really been made to be really handy for the GM. Specific sections of the map which correspond with the numbered locations have been reproduced for you. Um, yeah, maybe there's slightly more detail. Um, they've, they've, the map's been given a little bit more um, uh, description. Um, yeah, but so so you see you see the same bits of the map um, a few times in the book, but you you've always got it nearby when you need it. Uh, the location descriptions are also wonderfully hyperlinked for you, where they cross reference each other. Um, lots of use of tagging there's no sort of a italicized um, room descriptions which the the writers are really precious about you just get only what you need characterized by concision um, really useful prompts for the imagination where um, where foes are tied to a particular location they've been uh, embedded in amongst the room descriptions. They've found a lovely way of presenting a 5th edition stat block. Again, it's all uh, black and white, courier font, a little bit of use of, of tables, um, really clear and appealing presentation. I like it much more than the way stat blocks are presented in the 5th edition D&D Monster Manual. I've done a really good job there. Uh, they look really nice, passing over some wonderful art, some gigantic werewolves there. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, a few little touches as I flick through, a few little embedded random tables, wonderful flesh golem there, fantastic uh, art there. When you get to, um, obviously this being 5th edition, some of these stat blocks are huge. <laughs> um, the, the Lich himself has got all kinds of spell lists, fills a page. Um, you know, these these are things you can't get around that. This is still a supplement for fifth edition, but you could easily um, you could easily run it for a different system, which would be less complex. Yeah, I really like this. Um, the Chandlery as a candle maker there again, instead of um, a description of what you see when you go into the room, we're given um, tagged lists of room details I, I will read you some of this because i really like it shelves and then in brackets you've got wooden candles spider webs blocks of tallow bottles robed skeleton brackets candle maker working candle golems brackets d4 plus one hauling supplies d6 plus two spinning wicks or ribbons and so on then you get a little table here the candle maker is busy and you've got d6 possibilities for what the candle maker is doing when you come into the room i just really like that that's a really nice um, touch which I associate with the if not with the old school then with the revival of the old school getting towards the end um, yeah in the in the 
in the final pages you've got the map reproduced again and then immediately preceding that you've got a monster list so I think where maybe where monsters are mentioned in encounter lists rather than tied to a particular location you've got some stat blocks for them as well at the end so um, highly recommended I think this is um, for me it's a model of what I think an OSR module could look like it's a model for what an OSR uh, module for, for how user-friendly uh, an OSR module can be regardless of whether or not you intended to run it with fifth edition so that comes with my recommendation and looking at time that's all I'm going to talk about today so uh, please do call in if there's anything you want to know about it or any comments you want to make and otherwise I will thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again soon Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.